0: Are you ready to learn because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support so let's start with the best audio experience
1: hello everyone welcome to our show today we discuss about an interesting topic that you might be interested because I'm interested from another side. I'm looking for people who can help me with my projects, but I know a lot of in my audience wanna get a job in the tech industry. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Dr. Kyle Elliott. How are you?
0: I am doing good. I'm in California, so it's a little warm right now, but other than that, I am doing well.
1: Nice. Nice. Awesome. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you pay attention. With this topic?
0: Yeah. So I'm a tech career coach. In a nutshell, people reach out to me when they're looking to land a job in tech. Oftentimes it's those big tech companies, Meta, Amazon, Apple, Google, you name it. And then hyper growth startups, PC, VE companies, you name it. I fell into this by accident. So I wasn't ever like, oh, I'm super interested in tech. But instead, it started as a Fiverr side hustle in college. I literally charged $5 to do resume reviews, LinkedIn profile summaries, you name it. And then it blew up into this business. And now I'm a tech career coach, primarily serving senior managers and executives in tech in Silicon Valley and helping people own their fabulousness so they can land jobs at some of the best, most renowned tech companies in the world. So I'm excited to be chatting with you today about this exciting topic.
1: Nice, nice. Awesome. Yeah, I remember when I phoned my first client, I charged $200, you know, but I spent so much time, you know, consulting, explaining. And, you know, even if uh, my client paid me $10, I was happy about that because, you know, when, when you start something new, you don't need to care a lot about money. You need mm-hmm. to think how to acquire this experience when you can charge a lot more mm-hmm. but without experience i'm not sure that you can help even to provide a good service uh you mentioned about uh, your experience with writing uh resume can you tell how to do it how to uh write uh cv that companies can't avoid and give a strong reason to be hired.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I find when writing resumes, people make a mistake where they start with their experience, they write it all out, and then they say, oh, let me go apply to a bunch of jobs. And instead, I suggest doing it the backwards way, saying, here's the type of jobs I'm interested in, and thinking of those job postings kind of like a recipe card. I was just helping a client earlier today They're a marketing manager and saying, okay, they're looking for five plus years of experience in digital marketing. Okay, let's start your resume with that. Okay, they're looking for someone who's done SQL. Let's add that to your resume. Okay, they're looking for product marketing. Let's make sure you have a bullet for that. So then when the recruiter gets your resume, they're saying we're looking for A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh, wait, you have A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then it's the perfect recipe. You're the perfect response to what they're looking for. And that's a lot easier. They're a circle, you're a circle. Instead of you saying, I'm a square, I'm going to try and fit this square peg into this round circle. It's a lot easier if you work backwards from that job posting. But then when you're going for tech, you need to say, here's what sets me apart. Most of the people applying for that marketing manager role are also going to be marketing managers. So you have to say, here's what sets me apart. Maybe it's the fact that I speak three languages, or I've worked in five countries, or I started off in consulting. You then, I think of it like a spice cabinet, I need to throw some spices in there and say, here's what sets me apart from other people also applying for these roles.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. And can you tell about creativity? Uh, in marketing, uh, we often use uh creativity because if you want to stand out from the rest you need to be creative you need to create something new and uh, I remember interesting story um, uh, let me share a short story about uh, Lloyd Richards he published a book uh, 11 years ago and he spent like 14 years to write a single book 14 years you know it's more than decade you no know, a lot of time to write a single book then he uh, spent some marketing sales budget uh, to sell this book just got random sales nothing special and his daughter posted content on tiktok from account with zero followers this video became viral and today this book is bestseller on amazon oh wow Uh, yeah and uh, of course i watched this video i watched this video because i want to know how to get 50 million views (laughs) and what i found it's creative it's so creative. Mm. It's not like nice looking design, but that was creative. You know, this short video can provoke, uh, I don't know, uh, the wish to read this book. So can you tell how to become creative in your resume? Can we do it? I mean, like to stand out from the rest, because I know some companies are looking for video resume. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs>
0: Well, I love that you mentioned this creativity example, and I think what's key is that your creativity is strategic or intentional. So there's some purpose to it. So you don't just throw a bunch of color on your resume just to do it, or you don't just throw hobbies on there to do it, or just do a video resume to do it. Let's say you're applying for a finance role for example it may not make sense to send a video to a finance company or to send it to a big four consulting firm however if you're in marketing it may make sense to do a video alongside your resume if you show up well on video and it's good lighting it's high quality so i think what's key is to be strategic and intentional and make sure it's done with some purpose and it benefits you and your personal brand However, I wouldn't just be creative to be creative if it doesn't add any value. If you look at a company like Apple, for example, in their stores, they have these big glass windows. It's really beautiful. There's usually nothing on the windows outside, but instead it allows you to see inside. So I think that's creative and it's strategic and intentional. So just make sure anything that's creative adds value and it's not just there to be there. Otherwise, it's just going to be silly. And the recruiter or the hiring manager is going to move on to the next candidate.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Uh, Can you tell what it's important to add to any resume? I mean, like anything, because uh, um, I often uh, check many resumes and I can feel that... um, They are owners like (laughs) jack-of-all-trades. But I want to get some specific knowledge. Can you tell what is important to add and what we can avoid?
0: Yeah, so I would use that job posting. What are the requirements that they're looking for? A lot of people, they forget Mm, to hit off those requirements or don't make it easy to find. So when you have that job posting, I think I have one here from a client. I would literally print out the job posting and highlight it and say, okay, they're looking for digital marketing. Do I have that there? they're looking for this skill, do I have that there? Instead of just kind of writing everything, only put what they're looking for. And then if you have a bunch of skills they're not looking for, you might include one or two if they're relevant and add some extra fabulousness to your experience. But let's say this role doesn't manage a budget. Maybe the person above it's the p owner. You don't need to put budget management on your resume. Otherwise, it just distracts them from there. So what I would leave off is stuff that's not relevant. A lot of people want to put everything on their resume, but it's not a book. Like this book you talked about, that this person spent 14 years writing. It's not an autobiography. It's nothing like that. It's not a movie. It's a five or 10 second document that people are going to really read quickly. So you need to make sure you include everything in the job posting, but not spend pages and pages and pages talking about yourself and including unnecessary details
1: hmm. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I want to ask about your LinkedIn account. I've opened your mm-hmm. LinkedIn account because I love opening LinkedIn accounts. And I see you have a lot of followers. Wow. Plus uh, 200,000 uh, followers. A lot. And uh, in your bio, I see career coach. Can you explain more about that? Your methods, how you can help others uh, to coach them? Because w- what I see when, uh, you know, when you share data, With your customers, uh, they can implement a teeny percent of all your recommendations. Many Mm -hmm. reasons why. Yeah, busy, have no resources. And it's not only me. uh, And I found many companies' coaches, uh, when they teach what to do, uh, it's often ignored. Mm -hmm. So, Tell your methods how to transfer data that will be implemented. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: my doctorate was in education. So the work I do is backed by, okay. here's how it's going to help you hopefully learn and retain what we're doing and then turn it into action. So I think of each of my clients like a student and saying, how can I develop a syllabus or curriculum that's going to help you get to your end learning objectives? And most people I work with, they want to land a new job, typically in tech. So we say, okay, you want to get a job in tech, but first we need to get clear on what that is. What's that job in tech that you want to get? Do you want to be a product manager at Amazon? Do you want to be a CMO, a chief marketing officer at a startup? What job do you want? So we start there and get it really clear on the goal. And then I think of it like a marketing roadmap. What are the steps that are gonna get you to that job? Is it gonna be updating your resume? Is it gonna be optimizing your LinkedIn profile? Is it gonna be learning how to job search and interview? What are those steps? And then I break it down into sessions, thinking of it kind of like classes. Okay, our first class, we're gonna work on your resume. I give people homework that helps them remember it and learn it and retain everything. And then we keep meeting and building upon each of those items. And I find approaching it kind of like school can be helpful, where then we keep building upon it. But what school misses out on is each of us is different. If you and I were to take the same marketing class, we have really different businesses and really different goals. So we're going to not want to learn the same things, yet the course is created assuming we want to learn the same things. So when I coach people, I customize it for each person, and I find that really helps people learn what they need to get out of this and reach their unique goals. Because even if two people have the same exact goal, the same company, if they both want to work at Amazon, the way they're going to get there is going to look different because their backgrounds are different.
1: Yeah, nice. Uh, one thing I can't ignore in your bio: mental health speaker coach. Yeah. Uh, let's talk more about that. You know, uh, I-, I check a few studies. Uh, that 70% of people hate their jobs or unhappy with their Mm. jobs. Yeah, and I think it's a big issue. Uh, Most people hate their jobs. And uh, I remember in my company, uh, I worked uh, with a big project. I didn't have time now to check uh, positive environment and toxic environment appeal. A few good players from my team left my company. Uh, Then I started to research and found this uh, toxic environment. Of course, uh, I learned from that uh, to improve environment. But can you tell about this mentality? Uh, It's not about finding the job. You need to find a job, a dream job that will bring happiness to you. Not only money uh, to pay bills, but you need to be happy because, you know, I see you. And you, you're smiling. You know, you, I get your positive yeah. energy. I can feel it. So can you tell how others can get this positive mindset as well? Yeah,
0: a lot of people aren't happy in their jobs. And like you said, I'm a mental health speaker. When I did my doctorate, my dissertation was on mental health storytelling, specifically among college students. And sadly, a lot of people are not happy at their current jobs. And we spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week, especially in the US. People spend a lot of time at their jobs. And when you're not happy at work. It impacts every single aspect of your life. So the very first step I take with a lot of people is to get clear on what they want in their next job. And I say, tell me about your ideal job. Tell me about the company, how you spend your day. And 95% of people tell me all these things about the culture and company and never say I'm coding, managing projects. Because most of the times when we think about our ideal work, our ideal days, it's about the people around us, the culture. It's not sitting at the computer coding or managing people or doing marketing all of that second stuff is secondary to having a culture of people who support us of feeling like we belong and loving our work and I don't believe everyone has to love their work it's okay if you tolerate it but it sure does help if you love your work or at least enjoy it to be happier everywhere else in life and I don't want people to have to settle if they don't have to. If there's a job out there, they're able to find that they love.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before uh, asking about how to prepare uh, to the interview, I want to ask about how to find these companies where you can submit your uh, CV. Uh, Can you tell more about that? Because uh, people can make their own choice uh, or... Um, sometimes, uh, they are not related to requirements, but, uh, I spoke with people who, uh, uh, who was hired, uh, even with different requirements, but they submitted their uh, CV. So can you tell more about that? I mean, yeah. like how to choose the right companies.
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot of people will just go on LinkedIn or monster or indeed, or these big job search boards to try and find roles. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then you're competing with everyone looking at these job boards, and there's just so many jobs out there. You have to sort through hundreds of thousands, if not millions of roles. So instead, I love using job boards that are specifically tailored to the tech industry, to startups. There's built-in and team blind are two of my favorites. And then you can read about these cultures as well. So if you go on team blind, for example, you can read more about the cultures and what it's really like working there. Because any company can say they're great to work for, they can get on a top. 100 companies or best places to work list, but then really learning from employees who are there in the role that you want. So not just anyone at that company, but someone who's in a similar role, you can learn more about. So I like using team blind built in to learn more about these companies. And then I would take it a step further and suggest that you go on LinkedIn and let's say you want to be a marketing manager at Amazon, just an example. You can reach out to marketing managers at Amazon and say, hey, I see our marketing manager at Amazon working um, on the AWS platform. Can you tell me more about what it's like working there and get some insights? Because, again, anyone can say anything, but to learn what it's like to be in that specific role can be really helpful instead of just reading their website where they're going to say they're a great place to work and it's a lot different once you learn about people there. And then some people wait till they're in the interview process to ask those questions. They say, "Hey Kyle, I'm just going to ask once I'm in the interview." But again, that company is courting you, so they may not always be as honest as you'd like. So if you go kind of through the side door and ask questions of, who, of people who are currently there, you can learn a lot more about the company.
1: Mhm. Yeah, awesome. Volleyball. Volleyball. Okay, Dr. Kyle, Let's talk about <laughs> interview. How to prepare? You know, for me, it's important to be prepared everywhere. Once I read this book, awesome book from Dale Carnegie. And he wrote how Lincoln, yeah, the president of the United States, prepared to each meeting uh, without any exception. He always prepared many times uh, to speak publicly. So uh, I think it's the same with interview. You need to be prepared. When you feel confident, you can... Uh, give a strong reason to be hard. So tell how to do it.
0: (laughs) So I find how I, I'll start with how I wouldn't prepare, which is a big mistake a lot of people make. What they do is they go into interviews having prepared their answers to the top 20 or 50 or 100 most common interview questions. Tell me about yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And then what happens is they get asked a question they haven't prepared for and they freeze and say, oh gosh, that wasn't a question I prepared for. So while it's okay to look at those questions, I would work backwards and say, here are the great answers I want to share. Here are the stories I want to share during my interview. And then work backwards and practice answering questions. Say, here's five, six, maybe ten great stories or answers I want to share. And then summarize them down to a page, some key bullet points. And then whenever you're asked a question, kind of like a politician, if you watch a debate, especially the US presidential, vice presidential debates, anytime they're asked a question, they work backwards from their talking points. If they get asked about Medicare, for example, but they have a great talking point about healthcare insurance in general, they're gonna pivot to that question or that answer and reverse engineer it back to their question. So that's what I would encourage people to do, have some great stories, some great answers ready, and then work backwards to any (laughs) questions that are thrown their way that's going to be a lot quicker to prepare because you just you really can't predict every interview question that's going to come your way
1: mm-hmm, yeah I want to ask about another side of this coin about companies because um, yeah according to um, many studies that uh, most companies uh, dislike most of their hiring so yeah uh, they hire people wrong people um, can you give tips to companies to find candidates uh i mean like to increase the percentage of good hiring
0: (laughs) yeah so a lot of companies will hire based on fit or based on culture this gut or this feeling and what's really critical is to to move towards skill-based hiring it's not the end-all be-all it's not the only parameter part of a larger hiring strategy and initiative and i'm not a talent acquisition expert, but one component of an effective strategy for hiring is skills-based hiring and saying, here's the skills we're hiring for and here's what we're evaluating. So if they ask a question saying, this is the skill that this question's tied to. So if we're asking someone around digital marketing, what skill are we evaluating? What are we looking for and how are we measuring it? And not just asking questions like, what's your superpower? and asking that question to ask it. What's the purpose? What skill are we measuring here? How are we measuring it? What's the rubric here? So then we can be fair in evaluating people instead of just going with our gut and intuition. A lot of organizations haven't created really any formal rubrics or processes or procedures around hiring, and they're just kind of going with their intuition. Yet the biggest budget in almost every organization is their people. So I would suggest spending some time Implementing some skills-based hiring processes if you want your organization to not regret a lot of their hiring decisions.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, one question I I can't avoid. Uh, sorry for that, about AI. <laughs> you know, yes. it's a hot topic. <laughs> It's a regular tool, you know, in my tool set. I use every single day. Uh, and it's interesting. I spoke with my brother, and he told me after launching ChatGPT, uh, he started to write uh, cover letters by using ChatGPT because before that, he ignored all the time companies <laughs> that ask to write cover letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's not creative on writing. Uh, his main job, accounting, and he doesn't know what to write there. But yeah. uh, ChatGPT decided all this issue, and today he can submit all the resumes with uh, cover letter. Can you tell how to use it smart? I mean, like, uh, we have this tool. Uh, if I ask ChatGPT, please write uh, resumes uh, cover letter i can get it for a few seconds but it doesn't mean that i can get quality stuff and yep. if it's generic companies can feel it so any tips about that how to use it smart yeah.
0: i love that you said it's a tool in your tool belt so i think of it as one of many tools you could use chat gbt and it could be part of it a lot of my clients instead of having chat write their whole resume they may say here's a bullet point i have can you have it be more impactful and instead using it for components of their resume to enhance it, or, hey, here's a job posting. How well does my resume align with this in regard to these parameters or prompts? I've actually yet to download ChatGPT. A lot of my clients use it, so they'll show me cool stuff with it. I haven't used it, but I think it can be used strategically and, again, as part of your um, entire tool belt to improve bullet points, to serve as an editor, to make sure you're hitting the items on the job posting, but I wouldn't rely on it solely. And especially when job searching, you wanna be mindful before you put any confidential or proprietary information into ChatGPT, because you don't know, okay, what are they using this information for and how are they using this data? And then think other job seekers are using this too. So you're not gonna stand out if everyone's using the same resume, if you don't customize it beyond what ChatGPT is spitting out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, valuable, valuable. Uh, I want to ask about your LinkedIn account. Can you tell how you get plus 200,000 followers? Explain to my audience. (laughs)
0: So part of it, I was named a LinkedIn top voice for job search and careers several years ago. And I think that helped a lot. And then part of it, I think, is standing out. What can you share that's valuable thought leadership that's different than other people? So a lot of people are sharing about job search and careers. But for me, it's that intersection of mental health and job search and careers. I don't see many people posting about that. For me, that's one of the areas I like focusing on because it's different and unique than other people also share about my personal life around self-care because again, that's part of mental health. So my partner and I, we have passes to Disneyland and we go every month. So I talk about that. I have no work Saturday. So when I was doing my doctorate, I did not work on Saturdays or do school on Saturdays. So finding your unique niche within a niche, so not just career coaching, not just mental health, But mental health within career coaching for me has been an area to focus on. And then people know, okay, that's the content to expect from Kyle. And then they specifically seek me out and not just say, oh, here's another career coach, but here's something unique and different about Kyle. And they've said, oh, even if I don't see your posts in the feed, I'm gonna go search you out. And that's been helpful in having me find more followers. But I think what's even more important beyond followers is to say, what's your end goal? Kind of like a job search. Your goal isn't, I'm gonna submit this number of resumes or this number of interviews, it's to get a job. So for me with LinkedIn, it's how many people can I help land jobs? And to get really clear on that end metric and then work backwards, I think is more important. So even saying, okay, it's not to get this number of followers if you're on LinkedIn, but is it to get a number of clients? Is it to get a promotion? Is it to get people to your website? Figure out what your ultimate goal is if you wanna grow on LinkedIn or any other social media platform
1: yeah nice awesome yeah i couldn't agree more i think yeah you're right it's better to stand out from the rest <laughs> to be creative to provide something new and yeah and you share about your personal life yeah impressive i think yeah uh, people love transparency you know they wanna cooperate with human being than with a company or something okay. like this yeah yeah i wanna ask about uh common mistakes Can you list mistakes that uh, people can avoid? For example, you know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. Some of them terrible, but I can learn from them. And Mm -hmm. we can't avoid all mistakes. We we need to do them. But uh, some mistakes we can avoid. Can you
0: list them? (laughs) One of the biggest mistakes I see, at least with job searching, is people just applying to a bunch of jobs and then expecting that, To land them a role. People reach out to me and say, Kyle, I've applied to hundreds or thousands of roles and I've not landed anything. And I think the mistake there is not just applying to all these roles, but also not asking for help. And I realize I'm biased since I'm a career coach. I do this for a living. But for me, when I need help in areas like with taxes, taxes are really confusing to me. I reached out to an accountant and got help. When I needed help with my retirement and figuring out a 403B, I think that's what see i don't even know what it's called but when i needed help with the 403b a 401k ira i reached out to a tax person so knowing if you keep doing something that's not working to ask for help can be really powerful and not just go the free route either but actually go to someone who's an expert on what they do so not just articles but your university career center the american job center ajc if you're in the united states reaching out to a career coach like me getting some help can be really valuable so you don't just keep repeating the same mistake over and over and expect different results is really valuable and then the other thing i would suggest is not just investing in your career when you're looking for a job but when you're also in roles, say how can i invest in my career okay i've been at this company for six months or a year how am i investing in myself am i taking a certificate A course, am I going to conferences? A lot of people only invest in this stuff when they're in between jobs or looking for something new. And I find my clients that are most successful in their careers and often in their lives are the ones that are continuing to up-level themselves. Ooh, let me join this leadership networking group. Let me go to this meetup. And they're continuing to evolve and grow and work on themselves and their personal and professional development.
1: Mm -hmm, Nice. I wanna ask about one aspect that I often meet in my life when someone denied you. You know, uh, I got a lot of uh, such requests, and I'm not alone. Uh, John Rowling wrote this great book, uh, Harry Potter, and she mm-hmm. was denied. I don't remember how many times, a lot of times. Yeah. You know, probably 27 if I remember correctly. Um, Okay. Uh, I think uh, if someone applies to uh, different companies, in most cases, they denied. Can you tell about what to do? Okay. You couldn't get your dream job in one company. You can find in another company. You can find another way. So can you tell about how to go ahead? I mean, like don't give up, don't burn out. Just any tips about that?
0: Well, first, just statistically, you're most likely to get denied for a role when you apply. If there's two or more people applying for more than two people applying for a role, statistically, you're likely to get denied if they're only hiring one person. So it's helpful to know if you got denied, you're in the majority. Because when they're hiring, if they hire only one person, A smaller slice of the pie is the people they're hiring, because that's just how hiring is. So knowing that you're not alone, that it's normal, it happens. Most people get rejected for a role is helpful. And then saying, okay, that's only one opportunity. What can I do to move forward to increase my chances is really important. When I work with people, I say, it's only you and I on the screen we can't change what's outside of this. We can't change whether they accept or reject you. We can't change how they navigate their hiring process. What we can change what's inside of our control is optimizing your resume, optimizing your LinkedIn profile, crafting a compelling cover letter, networking, going for the right roles and saying, what's everything that's in my control and how do I optimize and improve it? And continuing to focus what's on your, in your control is gonna help you land a role quicker and land a better role instead of saying, oh gosh, I'm rejected and harping on that. That doesn't fix anything, that doesn't change anything. And I find the managers and executives that are most successful in their job searches and careers are the ones that say, here's what's in my control and let me focus on that.
1: Yeah, love it, love it. I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned that you need to increase your chance to improve your Mm -hmm. skills. Yeah. of course, you know, uh, you can't be successful everywhere, mm-hmm. but you can learn from all failures. And, uh, you know, when yeah. someone uh, rejects me, I understand that I need to do something. You know? yeah. <laughs> that means I'm not ready or probably uh, someone is better. It's competition. Just go ahead, you yeah. know, learn how to improve your skills. And uh, yeah, uh, it gives a strong reason to keep improving uh I, I like this quote you know on your wall uh, work hard oh, and thank be you. nice <laughs> and be nice can you tell me about this quote how it can help you you know to go ahead i mean like why you uh, have this quote uh, uh, back in you? So
0: the story behind this quote actually was my mom saw it in a coffee shop when we i used to live in the bay area like Five or six years ago, she saw this quote, mm-hmm. I lived in Benicia with my partner, JV, and she's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. look at that amazing, it was this huge sign. And then several years later, I saw it at Target, and my I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get this. They literally had two of them left at Target, um, the store here, and I got one for me, got one for my mom, she has it in her office. I then a few months later saw a metal sign that copied it, so I got her one. And I love it. And I think it's so simple yet so powerful. Sometimes people think there's these tricks to get ahead, to land jobs in tech, to be successful in your career. And really it's working hard. Being strategic and intentional with your career and the decisions you make, and then being nice. I think that kindness, that niceness, is really an overrated skill that not a lot of people keep in mind when they're going through their career. I like to say sometimes people are just crab apples, and that's not going to get you anywhere in your career being a crab apple, or it might get you somewhere, but asking yourself, okay, is this the person I want to look in the mirror at the beginning of and end of every day? This crab apple is probably not the person. That you're going to be happy with
1: mm-hmm. nice nice awesome
0: uh, i want to ask about
1: um unhappiness more uh, when people hate their jobs and uh, i remember when i started on project and um i at that time i hated monday and loved friday <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, i invested a lot of resources i hired a big team uh but um I started this project because of chasing money, nothing else. Uh, I Mm -hmm. felt the gap in market and uh, I felt that I can fill this gap to get a lot of money. But I I failed, you know, three years wasting resources. But I learned that I will never, never start something because of money. I want to enjoy the process. If I don't enjoy the process, uh, it's better to leave it. And I recommend to anyone. If you hate your job, leave it. You will never regret. Find that okay. you like. Forget about money. So I'm interested about this uh, positive mindset. You know, when you work in company, how to enjoy the process. If you have some boring process, you know, uh, something boring, you need to do it every single day. But uh, some people use different techniques. You know, to to find enjoy in this process. Can you tell more about it?
0: <laughs> yeah, this comes up a lot with my clients and I'll even use myself as an example. At the end of every day, I send mm-hmm. my clients notes. So as part of our sessions, I'll send them notes and say, here's what we covered today, here's your big wins, here's some reminders. Here's some resources and some homework for our next session. I hate it. It's one thing I just don't like doing. I'm not a fan of administrative work. So I'll sit in front of the um, computer, or not the computer, in front of the TV in our living room on the couch and do it. So I always think, is there some way to make this more fun? I believe work can be fun and there's ways to make work more fun. So for me, that's sitting in front of the TV, watching Netflix, whatever series I'm catching up on and watching TV. Other times, if I have something I don't want to do, like catching up on emails, another thing I don't like doing, I'll go get a coffee. And then I'll say, okay, for every email I answer, I get a drink of my coffee. Or let's say I have a big um, article I want to write. Okay, when I'm done writing this article, I'm going to go buy another coffee. So finding some way to reward yourself or if rewards are something you like, to say, okay, here's some way I'm going to make this more fun and enjoyable. Because I think work, that ought to be fun. It ought to be enjoyable. Again, we spend those 40, 50, 60 hours a week at work. Is there a way to make it more fun, whatever that fun looks like for you?
1: Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Let's talk about your experience. I have students in my network who are looking for ways, how to grow, uh, Mm -hmm. how to find the right way. Someone wants to become doctor in one sunny day. Someone wants to get plus 200,000 followers high engagement, but uh, I think the biggest secret I can see in your wall: ha- work hard <laughs> and be nice. Uh, but can you tell if you started today from scratch without mm-hmm. any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day uh,
0: helping people to mm-hmm. find jobs. What will you do today if you start completely from scratch? I think I would have focused more on my why. What is that thing that's really driving me? And over time, it's gone more and more crystal clear, that thing to change the world, to help make a difference through my work. And that's what I love about working with clients in tech. They're literally changing the world. They're working on apps that are used by hundreds of millions of billions of people, and working at companies that are changing the world, that are in AI, that are in tech. and. Had I learned that sooner, that that was my purpose, it would have just driven me and helped me do this work even more powerfully and more purposefully. So I think if you're wanting to do something, I would get really clear on why you wanna do it. What's driving you to wanna get those followers, to get a degree, to make money and get really clear on that. And my purpose, my why is really clear. And then when I go and do other stuff, I can say, yes, I'm gonna go speak at this conference because it furthers my why. Or no, I'm not going to do this because it doesn't further my why. And that makes life so much easier when you know what's driving you and you can immediately say yes or no to opportunities and everything just becomes a lot more clearer, a lot easier when you know what's driving you and you know what's motivating you and you know your purpose. Nice. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Love it. Love it. And I have my final question uh, about the future. (laughs) You know, uh, I have my crystal ball. And uh, I tried to use a few times, and I failed. (laughs) It doesn't work. Uh, I bought crypto, and I felt that crypto will go up. (laughs) It went Mm -hmm. down. But anyway, I don't put all eggs in one basket. Uh, Thank you for Warren Buffett who told me about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I can play with some money that I can lose. But Mm -hmm. uh, I want to ask about the future. You know, we have AI today. Uh, Apple is going to launch headset, uh, augmented reality will come, uh, probably virtual reality, I don't know. But anyway, uh, the tech is coming fast and people are worrying that AI can replace them. So can you tell what kind of future will be in your vision and how we can adapt to this possible future?
0: I think as more and more technology comes about and is used and AI is going to be used, that human part, that heart part, that experiential part where you and I right now are talking human to human, of course it's enabled by tech, but where humans are coming together, I think that's going to be so important. And people are going to miss that and realize, no, I need some human to human connection. I think that's going to prevail throughout all of this technology, regardless of what happens. People are going to say, no, I need more human. I need more heart. I need more being with other people, more experiences. And I think that's going to prevail throughout everything. And people are going to realize how much they miss it when technology and more and more screens come between us. But we're going to say, oh, no, this is too much. I want to come back together with other people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, nice. Love it, love it. Awesome. We always have the room for human being (laughs) but before robots will kill all humans uh, so (laughs) we have time (laughs) dr kyle it's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you i love it valuable tell the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you
0: how to follow you (laughs) yes as you mentioned linkedin kyle elliott with two l's and two t's also my website caffeinatedkyle.com
1: nice guys you can find all links to linkedin account to the website in the description below listen us on apple google spotify thanks again for the time love it so valuable i recommend to anyone to uh, follow dr kyle because you can see a lot of value okay love you see you
0: thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use